Probably well, shall we? At, I should probably look at what we're talking about tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it might be good. <laughs> I say I've I vote Lou just free. I vote Lou just free balls it. Freestyle. Yeah, yeah. fuck it. Let's just fucking free ball. Off the cuff, baby. Off the cuff. If you listen, Hello and welcome everybody to episode 15 of Late Arrivals. We got the whole crew back. Lewis has returned to us from war. Who is back? Hey crap, Lewis. <laughs> but the four of us are back this week. Um, it's nice to have Ducks Hockey back on, even if it's meaningless for another week or so. Um, last week was a little rough with uh, both Zegers and... Vakaninen getting hurt, but both are on the mend, which is what we look for and what we want because not gonna lie, not having any updates about Zegris was a little little sketch for a couple of days there. Yeah. Man, I understand why they keep it very tight lipped, especially being a guy like Zegris, but it would have been nice to not just randomly find out from Dallas Eakins in a video that he'd been skating but <laughs> you know sometimes shit like that has to kind of be kept tight lit yeah and we still don't really know what he's dealing with huh I just no they, haven't, they haven't disclosed what mm-hmm. it is I mean the only thing we really know is that it's not head related so yeah it rules out a concussion at least thankfully but I mean who knows could be a shoulder thing could be a collarbone thing I mean you just never really know could be yeah the pectoral thing i mean you don't you don't know as long as there's no break i think that's kind of been ruled out too so it's probably just some bad bruising on like the clavicle or his sternum yeah hopefully but hopefully he's uh they just probably stuck him in a freezer somewhere and like hey <laughs> chill out for a couple weeks and hopefully they didn't keep him at great park because apparently they had an ammonia leak this weekend the yeah. whole thing, the whole thing with the fire trucks wasn't a fire. It was a leak somewhere, and that's, you know, well, that's different, man. Also, a little <laughs> sketch, but <laughs> so is the life of uh, working at an ice rink sometimes. But to get into week two of training camp, uh, had some more cuts. Some guys that we kind of knew were going to get sent down, sent back to junior. Um, it's kind of looking like the last couple of roster spots are going to be up to Regenda and uh, Rocco Grimaldi, which isn't a bad position to be in. No, they've both. I it was played... Regenda, not Regenda. I think it's Regenda. Regenda is the proper Slovak pronunciation. Hey, Duck score. Oh, yeah. You guys are like ahead of me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're also like live <laughs> reacting to the third yeah. period of this of this game, oh, by the way. Is, so. uh, um. Max Why Jones? is my feed so fucking behind? Max Jones hat. Is that a Hattie? Max Jones hat trick. Oh, I'm about to see it. Max <laughs> Jones, could you please unblock me on Twitter? I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, if uh, if Poor you're Lou. listening, Max, please uh, please unblock Lou. That was a dark time in his life. <laughs> he's changed for the better. Yeah, he's <laughs> learned so much. He's found I was God. Working on myself. And, <laughs> 
but I, I kind of feel like it's definitely a uh, good problem to have when the two guys that are duking it out for the last spot on the team are also still having really great preseasons. Yeah, they um, they both have been really like fun to watch and um oh yeah sorry Frank uh Frank Petrano got it yes the Jones or Petrano Frankie B but yeah both um I want I want Rigenda and Grimaldi both in the lineup on opening night so I do too I'd love to see I mean kind of what put kind of what puts the crux in it for Rocco Grimaldi at least is Jacob Silverberg on mm-hmm. that right side I mean yeah you know hasn't looked great hasn't really looked up to speed you know not really sure how much that hip is affecting him it probably is affecting him a lot but um at least the left side for Regenda at least is a little bit open um so I feel I feel like that would be the only thing that would maybe hinder Grimaldi getting a spot but yeah I'm in I'm in the same boat I would I would I would love to see them both get a shot I think I I would I would think it is leaning towards Regenda right now given the fact that he's the one that's actually signed yeah um, but if they do give Grimaldi a chance I would not um I would not be surprised either and what a lot of people are forgetting when they're making their predictions is that Sam Carrick is on IR so he's going to mm-hmm. be out at least a month or two into the season so there is technically like depending on how you look at it one extra roster spot right yeah because yeah. so, we're sitting at to see. 25 yeah. of 23 on the roster right now so there's technically two guys over the limit, which could be a lot worse, could mm-hmm. have a bunch of guys that are all kind of toss-ups right now and up in the air with things. Um, it is kind of that part of camp. I mean, we saw it last year with Milano being the guy that got sent down at the start. Um, that also probably could have been a number of other things at play, kind of given what we've heard about the little rumblings of Sonny's work ethic, maybe being not up to snuff, what, what coaches like, which it's always kind of seemed like bullshit to me, but yeah, it just goes to show that like, sometimes you're going to have one guy that's going to be the odd man out and it's going to be a tough decision. And I kind of feel like we're in a good spot where regardless of what guy makes the team in the end, I think we're going to, I mean, Regenda has what three points tonight. Matt almost, you know, point behind fucking yeah. Derek Grant on the fourth line. Three points, and I believe, if I'm correct, he came into the night with four points already in the preseason. And I do think he didn't even play in one of the games. So if he's already played, he's got four points in two games already going in, going into tonight, and now he's got three points. I mean, shit, he's, he's, you know, I know we were seeing people today, like even just a couple of minutes ago during the game, you know, seeing people say things like, oh, you know, I really think Pavel Regenda has a great shot at making this team. And and, and in my opinion, it's not even a shot anymore. I think like, I think it's pretty locked and loaded that he's going to be on this opening night roster. And if this fourth line that we're seeing right now of Jones, Grant and Regenda continues to play out of their mind and continues to play solid, that's going to be a huge boost to this team going into the season because the bottom six was definitely in question. When you look at the Ducks roster, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty there, but if they can get some boost from the top six from at least one of those lines, that's a huge, huge push for the Ducks roster. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it just makes the rest of the lineup feel stacked in comparison. Like if your fourth line, if you're having trouble slotting guys on the fourth line, like there's a lot worse problems to have. Um, 
I think that it, being a team in transition like this, um, you, I mean, Verbeek said it. He wants guys to fight for these these spots and prove that they need to be in certain places in the lineup. And whatever he said to those guys behind closed doors that we haven't heard in the media uh, certainly seems to be working because this team has been very fun in the preseason. Hey, honestly, really quick, really quick, really quick. Really quick. <laughs> Felix, get out of here. That's it. <laughs> That's for the end of the episode, Felix. Come back in about an hour, and then you can shit. <laughs> then you can shit talk, Connor. Felix, go, go. <laughs> Felix, go make a sandwich. Come back in forty-five. Are the 49ers a wagon? I mean, they seem to they seem to play the Rams like it's the Super Bowl every time they play. <laughs> I will say, I will say, just to take a jab at Felix really quick. I was on the Pavel Regenda train before he was. Don't 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 let him tell you otherwise. <laughs> Me and Savannah, who's also in the chat, were r- real true members of the Pavel Regenda hive. Felix was a doubting Thomas not two weeks ago. <laughs> not two weeks ago. <laughs> he was not buying the stonks. <laughs> Felix needs to change his name on Twitter to Doubting Thomas. Felix, doubting Thomas. <laughs> Uh, well, getting back on track, uh, we had the the Vakaninen injury last week. That was also a little. That was a little rough to watch. Um, I only saw the replays and stuff of it, but that was yeah, same here. That was pretty yeah, bad. I didn't, I didn't see the replays of it. I was at a I was at a birthday party for a friend, but yeah, I just kind of caught the replays. I mean, it it kind of. I don't know if you guys remember. God, I think it was back in like oh seven, oh eight, oh nine, maybe. Uh, that Curtis Foster injury when he just caught an edge behind the net and slammed into the boards and ended up breaking his femur. Mm-hmm. Now, given the fact that Vakaninen wasn't moving right away, I I don't think it was a femur injury just because, you know, I feel I, it. And I know in preseason, you can't really get those angles to see exactly what he hit. You know, maybe it was a head thing and a concussion. Um yeah, it's just it's just something you hate to see, and you know, thankfully they did say that he was released. I I don't remember was he released that night or was he released the next day? I think it was that night. It was that night, I believe. Mm-hmm. He was released that night. Yeah, and I think and I think Lisa Dillman and others said, and you know, others reported that when he got to the hospital, he had full movement of his extremities and he was awake. So that's good to see. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm was... sure we'll get I'm sure we'll get a little bit more information on you know how long his recovery will be. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, I mean, it's not a way you want to see a spot open up in the roster, but mm-hmm. now this creates a little bit more of a competition for that third pairing left-hand D spot. You would assume that right-hand spot is Kevin Shattenkirk's on the third pairing. Now the left-hand D, I mean, you know, you signed Nathan Boyu, who I'm sure we'll touch on in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are, are we going to continue the Josh Mahura? experiment i don't know i don't want to personally or is it just going to be simon benoit who Um, was pretty damn good last season and who has looked pretty decent in in preseason so creates a little more of a clearer picture um you know on the left side but it's just it's just not the way you you ever want to see that happen so Yeah. yeah yeah that looked really bad so at least he's he seems like it's you know he seems like he's all right for the most part 
Well, like Connor had mentioned, the Ducks also had signed Nathan Beaulieu to a one-year, $850,000 contract. As long as he is a depth defenseman, I'm okay with it, but Mm -hmm. anything else else is a little rough. Yeah, like I I really don't see a situation where he's anything more than the 7 or 8D. You know, I think he's just an injury call-up, healthy scratch kind of guy. You know, I'm not I'm not putting too much stock into it. I know there was some I know there was some debate going on Twitter of you know his numbers look pretty bad, which they do. Um, But a lot of red, a lot of red, yeah. But I mean, you know, at that price point, I mean, you know, I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna have one of the one of the kids come up, you know, a Drew Hellison or a you know or somebody else in there just come up and be a healthy scratch. So if he's just there to be the seventh or eighth D the healthy scratch i mean it's it's whatever to be honest how many how many games do you think we get into the regular season until uh he has more ice time than jamie drysdale oh uh on a dallas higgins team uh four four okay i was actually thinking three or four <laughs> the the bull you klingberg pairing is gonna oh yeah fire. that's what we're waiting for <laughs> but what do we know you know i'm just some dude on a podcast just some guy just some guy man definitely could be worse bob murray would have given him two by two (laughs) never leaves the ice (laughs) (laughs) i mean we are missing that big meaty man on defense now (laughs) did you say known known defenseman nick ritchie uh you can't i don't i don't ever want to hear that name ever again well, you get to hear him a lot. Jenny I watches know. Coyotes games. I know. That's that's the problem. This has to be the way <laughs> I get away from it. I took but, like I went to I went to the game against Arizona last week. I have like five pictures of Nick Ritchie yeah. on my phone. That's because you're a freak. <laughs> well, Were you did you go down for warm up and just like No. Oh you didn't? Okay. So maybe we were like on, on the glass just Thank watching you, Nick, Nick Ritchie. I miss just, you. Give me a puck. <laughs> He's licking the glass as he goes by. And can I give it a, a shout out to Honda Center for selling Coke products now? Oh hell yeah! yeah. It, it was nice I drinking. Think you touched a Coke. on that. It, it was nice drinking a Coke at a game the other day. Probably so refreshing, you know. Yeah. Pour one out for our beloved RC Cola. <laughs> well, on the topic of freaks, uh, we have to boo Ryan before we get into the <laughs> Ducks Kings portion of things, but. Last Ryan Boo. <laughs> the uh two games Take so the far. Elevator. Oh. <laughs> Jake died. No, we're still here. Oh, no, we're still here. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh the two games so far I mean one's still in progress, but it's cool to see that the Ducks and Kings are both decent again and the teams are actually fun to watch because it's gonna make the rivalry kind of kick back up not that i think that it's gonna be as bad as things were before my time but you know it'd be nice to give our friends shit be able to talk about our teams being good again instead of just like hey we're gonna finish worse than you you guys can suck it yeah um no matter how much i like dislike the the kings it is nice when they uh they're competitive and the ducks are as well because we need another freeway face-off playoff series, even though the, the one that did happen in, in 2014 kind of killed me a little bit. Um, 
we need another one. Maybe the ducks can, you know, get the better of it this time, but it was a lot of fun, man. Like when, when, when both teams are playing so well, I'm not even in California and you can just like feel the vibe of that rivalry. You know what I mean? Just like just tuning into a game, like just, just feeling that, that hatred and, and just the, the power from the, the fan bases. It's, it's a lot of fun to be part of. Um, even if it, if, even if you're not there in person, uh, when the ducks and Kings are good, I mean, this is probably a reach for most, for most hockey fans, but I feel like when they're both competitive, the ducks and Kings rivalry is probably one of the, the more entertaining rivalries in the league. And when they were both good years ago, I mean, there were, I remember a lot of people tweeting about how great the ducks Kings game was the night before. Um, so yeah, it's better for the league and for Southern California when they're both clicking. Well, when our rivalry is fighting the uh, Red Wings in the bottom of the standings rivalry, um, there's not really much to look forward to, but <laughs> things need a shake up. I'm just not excited for the stupid fucking AIDS arguments to return. <laughs> you, you <don't> want... <laughs> Queens, <laughs> two cups. <laughs> we want it for like, don't do that shit. Like, it, no, it's that's so like 2014. <laughs> <laughs> you heard the man just be. Just be toxic. Let's be creative. <laughs> yeah. Personal attacks. Let's go with that. Yeah. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm not even going to say anything about the Kings if and when we beat them this season. I'm just going to send it into the group chat or even tag Ryan on Twitter and just say escalators. <laughs> Why escalators, Ryan is canceled. A thread. So I feel like the no escalator thing will probably get him more upset than the Kings losing to the Ducks. I can just feel it. Oh God! Not only are the Ducks gonna win in Honda Center, Ryan's gotta walk down the stairs after damn defeat. Damn, (laughs) he's gonna look at all those stairs and defeat. Damn, Ryan. Uh, Well, switching gears here, we kind of touched on it. I don't really feel like anything's gonna change between now and opening night. Minus a couple guys being sent down. We have any bold predictions on some opening night roster looks? just things in general. I know this is kind of another in-between season where things can go really good, really fast, or they can be just as shit as they've been. So I know we're all kind of tapering our expectations low and not trying to get too ahead of ourselves, but let's hear the spicy takes. Just vibes, baby. Just vibes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I think, I think the roster is pretty clear and set right now, you know, like you said, aside from a few, you know, um, last second cuts or changes that we may see but yeah i mean you know the the top six is going to be some combination of zegris terry vetrano strom henry comtois most likely um you know defensive pairings are pretty are pretty set kind of as we said you know i this fowler klingberg pairing looks really good and really fun already mm-hmm. kulikov drysdale has been equally solid when they've played together this preseason um, and then, like I kind of touched on earlier, you know, that bottom pairing is going to be some combination of Shattenkirk and then, um, you know, Benoit Mahara or Boyu or Boyu. I'd, I, I pronounce that dude's name differently. Every single time. <laughs> uh, same um, thing, dude. I'd imagine I'd imagine on opening night, it'll be Simone Benoit. Um, my best friend, Simone Benoit, by the way, he always likes my Instagram comments. Um, <laughs> it's so hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're first name. I thought it was Simon. <laughs> Simon, 
Simon Benoit. We're on a first name basis. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then you know Gibson Stolarz and Net. I mean, even though Stolarz has looked pretty bad so far, it'll be curious to see what happens there. Yeah, what's going on? You can't really do. You can't really do much with him. I mean, because if you want to send him down to call up Lucas Dostal, Stolarz has to clear waivers, and it would be Bob Murray type of asset management from Pat Verbeek if he just lost stole ours for nothing because I'd, I'd 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 bet the house on him getting claimed instantly if he goes on waivers i mean you know goalies are he would goalies and a- especially decent backup goalies even though he's had a rough start to preseason are an incredibly hot commodity especially mm-hmm. for a contender he so. would be uh he'd be a coyote like instantaneously i was about to say we should just trade him to the coyotes like give him 10 games in the season um the logan cooley in a first there you go <laughs> perfect see we know what we're talking about here real um, reasonable hockey takes but like like uh what connor was saying for this season just kind of go in with all the vibes like last year the only difference i have this year from last year is that there's a little bit more hope this year um maybe not to make the playoffs but to have a little more excitement because i thought they were they were a decent like i wouldn't say a decent team last year but they they were exciting um, and that was mainly because of Zegras and Milano and rest in peace and all that stuff. But like, I feel like it could be the same. And as long as they're, as long as we're vibing, if we lose six, five and it was a fun game, that's all I care about. Um, I don't expect them to make the playoffs. I do expect them to maybe be fighting for a wild card spot, at least at the beginning of like the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, but like last season, how they kind of tailed off at the end, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again. But um, lineup, lineup predictions. Um, I wrote about that on the Hockey Focus, so go read that and yell at me because I totally forgot about Silverberg. <laughs> um, wow, ridiculous! I, the funny thing is, is that when I was typing it out and I had like my lines set in my head, I put Silverberg down on the second line with uh, Strom and Vitrano. And then I switched it up and I put McTavish there instead. And then I totally forgot to put Silverberg back in the lineup. And I was like, I had tunnel vision on Regenda. <laughs> and so, yeah, go, go read that on the hockey focus and um, yell at me or something. We're all, just too enthralled. <laughs> We're all just too enthralled by this power Regenda success. He blinded me with his love. I mean, I feel like tonight definitely is a good indicator of kind of like what we're looking at. Like Connor was saying, in goal, it's Gibson Stolarz. I don't think there's going to be any changes there. Um, the D pairings, it's going to be Simone Benoit probably in place of Colin White. Um, I think really it's, I mean, it's it's hard to say that Godin's going to be in the lineup opening night because yeah. we're, we're missing Zegris. Um, so he has to slot in somewhere, but I, I'm not hating what we're seeing tonight. Minus, you know, the guys that we know probably aren't going to be everyday roster players. Mm-hmm. I don't have really high expectations for this season. I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Chris, where as long as they're a little bit better and things are kind of trending the right direction, I'll be happy. Yeah. 
Um, I'm also not going to be devastated if we're bad again, because, Mm -hmm. you know, we've said it multiple times. We're in a win-win situation regardless of outcome. Um, But I feel like this is going to be that kind of prove it year of can the kids maintain the hype? Um, Not to say that we're going to see the aggression TM, um, (laughs) but you know, you want, do you want all the assets that you brought in to produce? Of course, because if you're trading for guys, you're signing guys to contracts, like you want them to live up to what you gave them or why you traded for them. But at the same time, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on like him, like Zegris, Jamie, you know, the, the younger kids to kind of really step it up. Mm -hmm. I feel like we see a big season out of them, out of the two of them specifically. Um, I think Jamie being sheltered with Kulikov is going to be, you know, a good step for him. I'm excited for that pairing. Yeah. I feel like if we are to have any success early on, Dallas Eakins needs to make McTavish Zegers Terry work, which I kind of feel like you really can't fuck that up, but (laughs) no, we we've seen crazier things or we've seen things like that not work because of how Dallas coaches, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's neither here nor there. Um, I don't even, and I don't even think it has to be McTavish, Zegers, Terry, or bust. I mean, I just, I just, I need to see McTavish playing with better offensive players than Isaac Lundestrom and Jacob Silverberg. Like, yeah. Whether that's just like, I don't know if he just thinks that it's, a safe thing to put him on the fourth line or I'm sorry on that on that third line like I mean with I mean you know we're all very familiar with how Eakins likes to protect the rookies but it's just like I mean when you have a guy with that much offensive capability and that much defensive responsibility like it's not like he's Zegris where he's this 180 pound soaking wet kid who you know is you know in danger of getting knocked off his skates all the time like the, the kid's big and he can hold his own you know, He's so it's not like boy. he needs. It's not like he needs that sort of like shielding. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, I mean, I would love to see it. You know, he doesn't even need to be on the first line. It could just be like Vitrano, Zegers, Terry on that top line, and then McTavish, Strom, Henrique, or McTavish, Strom, Comsmont, or something like that. You know, like yeah. I, I just feel like you need to let the kids play in environments that are going to let them, let them, and help them succeed, and are going to mirror where they will be playing the most down the road. Cause McTavish is not going to be a third line in this shutdown third line. No, yeah, no. shut down third line role in the future. At least we, we hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, it should be um, Zegers yeah. McTavish one, two punch for years. To yeah. Come. Zegers McTavish one, two punch, or, you know, if, if things work out and you want to move one of them to the wing and then they play w- with each other, that works too. Yeah. You know? I mean, God knows what the lineup is going to look like in a year or two when we're actually, when we're actually contending for a playoff spot, um, you know, and what that sort of lineup optimization is going to look like. But yeah, it's, it, I just, you hope that who Pat Verbeek has brought in around Dallas Akins and, you know, where Pat Verbeek seems to be in terms of his view on the modern game, you would think that he, if something isn't working that Dallas Higgins is doing, you would think that Verbeek would maybe try to put a stop to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll see, man. I mean, I mean, yeah, this season is just so volatile, you know, 
a lot of possibilities. We could easily be picking top 10 again. That's a very likely scenario. We could be in the middle of the pack and not make the playoffs. Very likely scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could be fighting for a wild card spot. I do think that if we if that is to happen, a whole lot of things need to go right. Not impossible, surely, but just a whole lot of things need to go right. The kids need to step up. The bottom six needs to actually show. The main one can. is Gibson, too, would have to. Gibson, Gibson is the biggest X factor, yeah. the biggest catalyst yeah. and all that. If John Gibson is back to his former self, we have a much better shot. Mm-hmm. But also we also need more depth production from the bottom six. And when I say production, I don't even just mean contributing on offense. I just mean like being a serviceable bottom six. Yeah. Being able to hold your own and not just have this completely top heavy lineup, but it's, it's, it's within reach, I would say to fight for a wild card spot. But as I said, that doesn't mean that I am automatically penciling us in for a wild card spot. That's not where I'm at at all. I think we can get there, but right now I don't think we are. Yeah, it'll be a fun little surprise. A lot lot has to a lot has to go right. Yeah. Well, we have to have a lot go right, not only in our like in our little bubble, but we have to have the teams around us also be really shitty. Yeah. And I think Uh, being being in a division like the Pacific, that's always kind of a toss up. mm -hmm. But also having teams that have gotten better in the off season kind of makes that a little harder to attain. Yeah. I feel right. like realistically, like we, you know, we kind of tread back on the things that we say a lot. Um, I feel like we're, we're, we're going to be a step behind LA for a while. Um, I yeah. feel realistically, they're probably a lock for three in the division wild card at that very worst. Mm-hmm. Seattle's looking okay. Um, I mean, it helps that Beniers is looking great in the the preseason. Like they're gonna be a little suspect in goal, but they could very well be a wild card team. You know, it's it's. I feel it's Calgary's division to lose. Um, I feel your top three in the division are gonna be Calgary, probably Vegas and Edmonton in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm not. The goaltending is. Really I just bad. think Vegas in general is just. Uh, I. I feel like I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like if there's going to be a team that just completely just like shits the bed compared to their expectations, I think it's going to be Vegas. Okay. In this, yeah. In this, yeah. In this division, mm-hmm. you know, I I really do think that that three four spot. I think LA is really going to contend a lot more than I think people are giving them credit for for that for that three four spot. Yeah. yeah. Totally agree. Top two were Edmonton and Calgary. I don't, I don't really see that changing. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think Vancouver is better than LA. Um, but yeah, I really think battling for that third spot in the division, I think LA is going to give Vegas a lot bigger run for their money. Mm-hmm. Vegas, I think, will won't have any problem scoring. It's going to be stopping the puck. Yep. Um, yeah. Because I, I think. Uh, with Kessel and Eichel, if they play together long term this season, I feel like they could put up a decent amount of points every night. Um, but yeah, like you guys are saying, it's it's I do I still have the Oilers winning the division. Calgary won it last year, right? Uh yes. Yeah, I want yeah, yeah. I want to say yeah. Calgary won it last year. I'll say the Oilers win it, but Calgary's right behind them at two. It's not gonna be like you know, Edmonton's gonna be, not gonna run. Gonna be- 
I think that's going to be a dog fight. Yeah, it'll it'll come down yeah, to like it's the gonna final. Be, it's going to be season. nasty. I think. Yeah, three. I'm going to give it to. Um, I'm going to give it to L.A. Um, I say four would be Vancouver. I think Vancouver ends better than Vegas this year, so that puts Vegas at five. Um, I'll say Ducks at six. Kraken seven. Sharks eight. I think. I think Ducks. I think Ducks at five or six is six probably or realistic. Vancouver five or you mm-hmm. know Ducks Vancouver fighting for the five six spot. I think that's a very likely position to put the Ducks in. I, yeah, I, I think that's very reasonable, and I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. The other day, if you guys saw me on Twitter, I was doing my typical prospect junkie thing. I was just kind of thinking ahead and look and just listing off a couple names that I like. Getting a taste. Finished. Yeah, like I, I know I tweeted. I see the Ducks finishing twelve to eighteen, or no, I didn't even say that. I just said I think the, the odds of the Ducks finishing in the twelve to eighteen spot are very likely. I I could have worded myself better. I know I was talking about some other stuff in that tweets, and you know, there's not there's a character limit, obviously, so I couldn't really explain myself the way I wanted to. I know it came across as, oh my god, I really truly believe they have a great chance at the playoffs. I just feel like that. And I probably could have used a bigger range, but I just feel like it's as likely that we finish in that 12 to, you know, 15, 16 borderline, borderline spot. I feel like that's that's as likely as us as us finishing in the top 10 again. I feel like that's how volatile this season can be and how unpredictable yeah. it's going to be. It's just it it it's going to be crazy and you got to just kind of buckle up. It's probably going to be another ride. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's going to be some ups and downs. You know, I know last year we started off really hot and we're looking really good. And then we kind of came back down to earth and then injuries happened. And then the whole thing just kind of went to shit. But um, yeah, it's it's just yet another season of just vibes. <laughs> just vibe, just vibe and <laughs> Well, we, um, kind, we kind of got into our, our division prediction a little early. Um, oh, yeah. I know. Hey, I, I don't care. We we got to the discussion. I mean, it yeah. kind of flowed naturally into what we were talking about. Uh, but to kind of circle back to any like predictions or things we want to see out of the season, I kind of was asking, you know, as a like a broader scope of the team individually, do you guys feel anything out of like specific players? Personally, I feel like Troy Terry hits 40 goals this year. 40? Do you think he hits it? I think he gets it, especially if he's playing with with Z or yeah, one of yeah. Z or McTavish consistently. Mm-hmm. Uh, hell, even next to Henrique, they they looked pretty good together last year. I mean, the big question is going to be: Can he replicate that without Getzloff? Which is going to be a little bit harder. Yeah, but I think you're taking you're taking the hard nose style of Ryan Getzloff and replacing that with faster creativity in Zegris or McTavish. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's gonna get him. I say he hits forty at the very least. I think he comes close again. I, I think I can agree with that. I can. I. I. I would hope he could maybe get there. That'd be fun to watch. Um, <laughs> I already made my prediction a couple weeks ago of Zegers hitting a hundred points. So let's. Let's keep this rolling. Zegris gets 100 points. Terry, 40 goals. I'm going to say um, McTavish finishes second in voting for the Calder. 
It's interesting. Learn to hate that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maddie Beneers wins it. I feel like this year's Calder is going to be a little bit of a toss up. Everyone's kind of giving it to Marco Rossi, like mm-hmm. right off the bat, which kind of out of left field for me, honestly. I, I think there's going to be a lot. I think there's going to be a lot more guys in play than people mm-hmm. are naming. Yeah. How about you, Lou? Any bold predictions for the year? Um. Are you just here so you don't get fined? Yep. <laughs> um, Z hits eighty-five points. Eighty-five. Yep. Um. Jake Rudolph in the chat said, "Is Trevor Zegers a sports entertainer?" And that's Shut just up, for Jake. Lou. I'm not going to dignify that with an answer. <laughs> Uh, well, I do before. like how we were talking about um, McTavish, though, like um, shielding him or whatever. I do like the fact that they're going to probably have him on the wing and not just throw him in at the center position right away. I think that's a good idea. They did the same with Zegras, and then when they wanted him to get reps in at center, they sent him to San Diego to do it. Um, I can kind of see a similar path. I don't think it's going to happen with McTavish, though. I don't, I don't think. No. They're just, I think it was a little bit different with Zegers because he got called up in the middle of the season. Yeah. I don't think that they'd send McTavish back just to start at center when he's eligible when he's eligible next year. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's just going to be a situation of, you know, some injuries happen. He may have to slot in or something like that. Or the, or the plan is just, hey, we're going to play you predominantly on the wing this year and then work you in at center next year. You know, I, I yeah. You know, I mean, who knows? Who <laughs> I knows like how you were. Who knows what this team's going to look like? I mean, you know, it's hard to make predictions a year out. Yeah. So we're just going to roll what we have right now. And it looks like you can start at the wing. So, <laughs> And I, I like how you said, you know, don't shield the man. You can't. He had like hair on his chest when he was three. Like, I know. Like he's a grown ass man. He's grown. He's been grown. I can't picture him as a little kid. Like he's. <laughs> or as, as Savannah said a little bit ago, Mason McTavish is 43 years old. 43 years old. <laughs> hey, the Ducks won. They, they won. Nice. Yep. Like, my feed is 30 seconds behind. What the f- I'm just watching Valley Sports. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Why do I need um, to be 30 seconds behind? Stop being spoiled. I can't even watch. My bad. Big TV has come for for stupid. Connor. On NHL Network, so I'm blacked out. NHL I'm literally connected to my Cox account. Why can I not? Like, why is it not in time? No um, shout out to NHL Network. I, I don't know. <laughs> Are they doing the shootout now? I'm watching oh, the Coyotes. Yay. Coyotes and Knights. R.A.P. Buzz. Savannah, you know what? I've enough <laughs> of the girls bullying me. Ozo. Sarah, Sarah's telling me she's gonna get the whole team to block me. I'm I've been bullied tonight. It's a witch hunt. It's disgusting. Jeez, <laughs> are just coming. Just disgusting out here. Uh, and so you can't say the JD word again. You might kill Chris like last week. <laughs> Strategically oh. avoiding it. There you go. <laughs> well, the last thing I wanted to focus on with the Ducks here before we uh, get into the tail end of things, it's looking like the reverse retro is kind of what we've been told. Dostal has it on his mask. Stolars apparently has it on his mask too. I haven't. I haven't checked. seen it on Stolars' mask. Wait, what? Though. 
I haven't checked the validity of that just yet, but someone said Stolars also had one on his mask. Um, I don't hate it if that's what it is. I like that kind of the white with the mighty duck. It's just it looks mi- nice, man. It's a missed opportunity because it's black and orange, and that's about it. <laughs> I think that's a missed opportunity. I think I think it's just a great opportunity that we're what I would assume what we're doing is grandfathering that logo in kind of what you know, kind of like what the coyotes did with the uh with the Kachina. But yeah, I'll uh, need I'll need a white version. If it's the white version of like our orange thirds, I'm gonna need that like yeah. fast. I'm gonna need I'm that gonna, fast. I'm gonna need that yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> I don't know. I only say it's a missed opportunity because I want the mighty duck colors back, but I know. Most do. Most do. Well, before we get into the rest of the fun we have planned for this episode, uh, follow the hockey focus. Chris got his uh, lineup prediction, so uh, since he's teasing everybody and not telling them, you gotta yeah. go, gotta go read it. Go read it and then scratch your head and wonder what I was under the influence of while writing that, and then yell at me in the replies. Do whatever you need to do. Whatever you know, if you need to vent, just come at me. I guess. Like That's I said on for. Twitter, he's giving you guys permission to call him a freak. So <laughs> take it and run. Little freak. Little bitch. freak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it seems like uh, we're starting to get more and more podcasts on the hockey focus, which is cool. Um, the fam is growing. Hockey focus. Fam is growing. Chris was on uh, Chirping Yotes the other night. Yeah, um, that was a lot of fun. Give that episode a listen if you guys. Uh, would kindly do so yeah i believe it's episode 41 of their podcast so go check that out we talk a lot of uh a lot about the ducks we talk about you know the wonderful conversation of the the hit between the coyotes and ducks which put zeros where he is right now but um we talked about that a bit and uh got into a little bit of lacrosse talk um Tyler, who's on that show, is a big lacrosse fan. So we had a nice, we had a fun conversation. We did some, we had some fun combos that whole night. So go check it out. I think it's about like an hour, hour and a half or something like that. So go give him some love. Yeah, listen to the listen to the little freak. Go give him some love. <laughs> but yeah, um, I said last week I want the hockey focus hockey focus to get to seven thousand followers on Twitter, and we're almost. I think we're almost at, are they almost at six? They're getting close to six. So, you know, keep sharing their stuff. Go follow them if you're not already. Support the fam. I know they're going to they're gonna try to add a couple more podcasts by the end of this month. So there's a lot of good, a lot of good shows they have right now. So uh, make sure you're following along. And if you like our content, be sure to rate us and leave a review wherever you're listening and, Give us some love, man. Call Chris a freak in the review. Yeah, you can do that. Call me some names. <laughs> I'll, if, you, if you if if you have some funny reviews, I'll I'll read them on here next episode or something or whenever that time comes. We'll just do a full episode of reading reviews. It'll just be <laughs> us dissecting Dave's uh, Apple Podcast review. <laughs> Rest in peace, President Dave, for a second time in this month. Did he lose the game again? He's always losing the game. He lost yeah, the game, bad. and he got clapped from Twitter a second time. 
Dave Jesus. got banned. RIP. Well, transition transitioning to some news that happened uh, this morning. I was uh, filling up my car on the way to work, uh, but Matt Barzell signs an eight-year contract sanction with the Islanders for a fucking truckload of money. Nine, 9.15 mil AAV for a total oh, of 73.2 mil total. Um, it's only a matter of time. Shame on GMs that don't like chaos and <laughs> trying to offer sheet guys like Barzell, but you yeah. know, I think it's kind of what the Islanders need to stay, stay relevant in their division um, because they're, they're kind of looking like the odd man, the odd man out mm-hmm. at all the teams in their division. Uh, I can't really speak for the reception on it because I literally saw Elliot Friedman's tweet and just completely forgot about it for the day. So can't really say if people are happy or mad, but I can only assume Islanders fans are excited because you would think <laughs> I would I mean, hope so. Twitter's a weird place, man. You can't yeah. I mean he's their I mean, if he's not on the Islanders, what are you tuning in for? Like that team is just it's it's weird. They're a weird team. Um he's 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 fun to watch though. That's a huge huge signing and i'm glad the islanders were able to do it get it done with before the season starts and you know the fans can at least have this done and over with and they can focus on you know the islanders getting back to the playoffs at least they have a very nice arena even if they miss the playoffs again it looks like it looks like a very nice arena i want to go so they uh they have given a lot of money to a lot of forwards and uh, those are some big numbers. <laughs> they have three three million cap space left. Hmm. Can they like get rid of their uniforms? Their uniforms aren't good anymore. The Islanders? Yeah. I don't hate the. Don't tell Connor that. I don't hate the current ones, but if I wouldn't hate I mean, them bringing not, back, they're not bad. But Lou just wants the fisherman full time. That, that's what I was gonna right, say. I do. <laughs> they brought back the fisherman. I don't think anybody. Yeah, but this fisherman is the reverse retro. It doesn't have any till in it. Yeah, it's just orange and white. It's freaking stupid. It's like getting a low fat Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are the they, fuck are you doing they, there, bro? Their uh, average player age from Cat Friendly is 29 years old. That's a. Uh... It's kind of up there in age. Because Semyon Varlamov's 34, their average uh, age for goalie is 30 and a half. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> you have any thoughts about uh, Barzell, Connor? We know the Islanders are your uh, your side chick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it's a kind of knew that contract was coming you know i mean i'm not terribly surprised by it i mean yeah that a that aav is pretty uh pretty sizable pretty substantial um, very steep you know the islanders certainly are on a playoff team um you know so they got a lot of building to do around him it's going to come down to how much longer lou lamorello's in the league i think i don't know if they're really going <laughs> in my opinion i think his time is uh i think he's overstayed his welcome 
for as sure. a GM in the NHL. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't really think that they're going to, you know, really do anything too exciting while he's at the helm. But no. I mean, who knows? Maybe they're going to fire him midseason. Or, but you got to have Matty B. Yeah. yeah, I kind of I kind of do have a soft spot for the Islanders, as Jake alluded to. So I'd like I'd like to see him to get back to success. But my team in the East to watch this year is the Ottawa Senators. I think they're yeah. I think I think they are going to be something. Not, be not like I, I don't know, like a top team in the East, but I, th- I think they are going to exceed a lot of expectations. They also need to hope that Anton Forsberg can kind of carry the load because uh, Cam Talbot's out for a long right. ass time now. 10, 10 weeks, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's hope that they can score more goals than they give up because if you're relying on Anton Forsberg, you're kind of of luck right now but yeah i I agree with connor i know when we did we did our atlantic preview i said that the senators were going to be a team to look out for yeah it's just a matter of can they sustain it (laughs) i'm excited i'm excited for senators leafs games this season because i love when that rivalry is also going and they're both competitive and it's a lot of fun so hopefully um i usually don't miss senators um leafs games those are always a blast those games are always chaotic. Yeah, like they really Le- are. Leafs Montreal is also like yes. Leafs Montreal just is fun to watch as an outsider. It's not really a fan of those two teams because mm-hmm. you can go on Twitter, and there's just <laughs> sex of people just all fighting about just meaningless shit, and it's just yeah. it's hilarious. It just it's brings out it brings out the craziest fucking people imaginable. It's great. It's a very fun content. And they always start the season against each other. I think they do this season too. It's always Leafs Canadians kicking off the the season. I know that um, I don't think we get them nationally because ESPN is. I think they have a doubleheader next next Tuesday for the for opening night, but it's not. I know it's not the uh, the Leafs game. I think they have the Knights and Kings. That's a good opening night matchup. Yeah, that's the second half of their back-to-back i forgot who their first game is but yeah we're almost back man espn and tnt year two i'm excited if they keep up like with the content that they did last year and like build upon that i think that we're really going to see espn go further than like the deal they're already signed on for yeah yeah because they had some rough spots last year you know we're, we're not going to beat the dead horse of the comment commentating teams and <laughs> yeah. stuff, but I feel like this is a big year to prove that like they're going to take a step up and kind of improve what they did last year. And if they do like, hopefully SP had stays a mainstay. Cause I, I liked, I, I loved the coverage last year. It was a nice yeah. change from NBC. Um, it's kind of fitting that the, the last season at NBC was, uh, like right out of the bubble (laughs) yeah and it was just like hey this season kind of doesn't matter it's kind of fun and wacky and then it was just done yeah it always it blows my mind like hey everyone everyone you know you can have your own opinion about networks that carry the nhl and stuff but for us to have espn and tnt now and i still see people say that they miss nbc i'm like how how do you miss nbc like they had playoff games on the golf channel the ducks literally got eliminated 
from the Sharks in 2018. 2018. They got swept. 19. No, 18, 18, 19. But they got swept by the Sharks. Mm-hmm. That fourth game to finish off the sweep was on the golf channel, dude. <laughs> like, come on. Like, that's just so stupid to me. And, like, I remember games would get bumped for, like, horse racing and all that. It's like NBC sucked. But – um, And Eddie Olchek would somehow be on the horse racing yeah. commentating team. Like, you were just yeah. – commenting the fucking blackhawks game yeah like, what are you doing on the, what are you doing on the kentucky derby now man yeah but yeah i'm excited for um another year for you two commenting commentating horse racing he loves horse racing they always mm-hmm. said that like every single year it's like yeah man we know he loves he loves horses you know he talks mm-hmm. about it every season around this you know the kentucky derby and all that stuff but i'm just yeah, glad that we're not sharing a network with horse racing anymore <laughs> um but uh yeah, year two of ESPN should be great. Um, TNT should should also be fun like it was last season. I liked what they did. And like you said, Jake, if, as long as like ESPN stays with the NHL beyond the seven years and maybe they can sign a bigger deal like 10 or even 15, because I, I love TNT, but I think NHL TV rights should start with ESPN no matter what. Because mm-hmm. ESPN is the big one. You know, that's no matter how much you don't like the coverage or the commentators, like ESPN is the most important TV rights deal. I think there is. And then whatever comes after that, whether it's TNT and after seven years, if it's something else, then it's something else, but you have to, they have to find a way to stay with ESPN for at least our lifetime, (laughs) the rest of our lifetime. (laughs) Well, getting into some weirdness, uh, I put this in the notes just because of how odd it was. Uh, but the Winnipeg Jets revealed that they're going to put a uh, Dale Howarchuk statue outside the arena, and in kind of commemorating it and unveiling it, the the team had Paul Coffey speak, and for whatever reason, Paul Coffey felt like he needed to slander the Kings and kind of throw shade at the Dustin Brown statue, which, <laughs> I mean, we we had opinions on it, and He's not yeah. <laughs> wrong. You know, he's entitled to think what he thinks because at the end of the day, he did play in the NHL and we didn't. Uh, yeah. So and he's going to feel a certain way about things like that. But it just felt very weird because it's not like it was a statue of someone that was still alive. Yeah. It was <laughs> kind of an unveiling of like, hey, this is memorializing Dale Howardchuck, you know, who, who passed away. And like taking that opportunity to just be like, yeah, and fuck those guys over there for giving that guy a statue. Like such a weird, weird time to choose to do that. Like kind of awkward, honestly, when I watched it back, I'm like, all right, what was, <laughs> were the Kings brought up before? I mean, I know like the whole statue thing has been going on with the Kings, you know, the whole Dustin Brown thing has been in the news that, you know, they, the Kings have, you know, they give a statue to anybody or whatever, but it's just weird, weird timing. He could have done that any other time. Well, it's like if it was in an interview in like something completely unrelated, I feel like it still would have been a little weird, but at the same time, it wouldn't have been like while he's at the podium trying to talk about, you know, a statue for a guy who passed away. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was it is kind of funny i i didn't know what was going on so i just was looking at twitter and it's it said dustin brown was 
trending. So I had to click it because I was very confused. And it's it started like a flame war between the Jets and the Kings fans. <laughs> and there's like one post that like if you still look at it, it's like, you know, some some Jets fan that was like, you know what? He's just speaking nothing but truth. And when I tell you the fucking ratio on that tweet was just like through the roof, I was like, I sat there and I was like, I got to click on this. Like, yeah, I got to see it. And it's just people like you're a fucking idiot. What he said was just dumb. And the other guy's like, well, I didn't say I agreed with it. I just said he was right. And they're like, (laughs) that means you're agreeing with it, idiot. Yeah. It was very funny to read as an outsider because it is just such a bizarre thing to happen, but it is also Twitter and it all it takes is a little spark to just fucking throw things off the rails there. We need we need a follow up with Paul Coffey and ask him how he feels about the ducks having a wild wing statue outside. <laughs> <laughs> To round out kind of this uh, Pacific Division themed uh, episode, I had two things about the Kraken. Uh, figure, let's get the uh, the fun part out of the way and uh, talk about the new mascot that has uh, has been revealed. And I, I don't even I don't even know where to start because. Yeah. I wasn't Blue, expecting it to be honest. Lou says he loves Bowie. Yeah. Oh, he's a fucking cool mascot, dude. Louie and Bowie. I'm all for teams <laughs> just making like the weirdest fucking abomination that they can come up with. I think it's hilarious. yeah, gritty is amazing. So if you want to feel whatever of that, that flames one was that came out today, like scorching. Yeah, what the hell's the fucking, that? Whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> like something you buy at the fucking Halloween store. Yeah, it's like a it's like a weird its head is a puck. I don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I looked at it a couple times. I'm like, Whoa. and everyone's like, "Oh, he's back." I'm like, I never even knew this thing existed. Like, Didn't when know did, it came when did he? When did he leave? <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite part about Bowie being announced was uh the plushies that the Kraken are selling at the team stores and stuff. He has a little anchor on like his oh, ass, tattoo. and so everyone's like, "Hell yeah, <laughs> Bowie's got an ass tat." Love it. It's on on his left cheek. We we love it. <laughs> I think it's cool looking. Like I, I I like the the reasoning for it. How it's for the Fremont Troll, you know, in Seattle under that bridge or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. I wasn't expecting them to go that way though. I don't really know what I was anticipating. Um, but I I like him. I don't know. Jenny thinks he's adorable. Um. He definitely looks like one of those like random mascots you make for like ESHL. <laughs> yeah. Like you only have that unlocked in the customization pack for your arena and that's just what you have to be stuck with. <laughs> yeah. I don't... a little anchor uh has a little anchor uh earring as well. Oh shit, I, I didn't notice that, so yeah. I guess. I guess I gotta I gotta read up on Bowie a little you bit. Gotta better. study your mascots, man. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, Jake? <laughs> I don't um, even know what we're talking about. Sorry. <laughs> we're still on Bowie, man. You just oh, okay. You're just saying how much you like them. Oh yeah. Well, okay. S- sticking with Seattle, uh, this one was really cool. Um, I, I know you guys probably aren't gonna have 
thoughts on this, uh, but I wanted to include it just because I've worked around similar programs being, you know, around the rink for the last couple of years, um, where I'm at now being a place that does like the ducks fittings for the learn to play and stuff. But, uh, yeah. Chris Drieger, uh, of the Seattle Kraken has started a goalie gear, kind of like loaner program for kids that are learning to play. And if you guys know anything about goalie equipment, that shit is so fucking expensive. So to see that there's a program like this that he's going to, you know, maintain and do for the kids of Seattle, like it's, it's going to do nothing but grow the game of hockey. And it's kind of weird that like a lot of other teams aren't doing things like this. I mean, every team has a learn to play program. Mm -hmm. That's not kind of where I'm going with it, but like, just to see that like a player's kind of stepping in, he he's drawing from personal experience. Like he, he said in like the, the interview that they did talking about it, um, you know, he just kind of got thrown in net one day as a, as a kid. And that's how he started playing as a goalie. Yeah. And so it's, he's just kind of using it as a way to give back. Um, but I personally love when guys do stuff like this because Hockey's a very niche hobby and sport to pick up as a kid. Um, the means to play hockey are just through the roof yeah. cost-wise. Um, I mean, like, I outfitted myself at 19. I had to go into a store with no knowledge, no, like, no idea, like, what I was trying to get to buy goalie equipment and I had to spend like 2,400 bucks on equipment and like doing that as an adult's rough. And to think that like parents are doing this every season with their kid, that's still growing. Yeah. Is just like mind blowing. Um, but to see programs like this, like the learn to play, I mean, last year when, when gets retired, like I said that, over 18,000 kids in Southern California have like picked up hockey because of the program. Yeah. That's and remarkable. the ducks learn to play has not even been around 10 years. Yeah. It's and huge. It's, it's huge for a sport. That's not the priority like baseball or football or even yeah. soccer is here. Um, mm -hmm. I, I talked to a lot of parents working in this industry of like, you have parents that kind of pick it up for a summer and they're like, Hey, this is too expensive. Like, let's just put you in soccer. Or let's just put you in baseball. But like hockey is really starting to make that, that push of like, they're making roller hockey easier to play. They're making the gear and gears going up in prices. Uh, but mm -hmm. like they're making these programs or they're introducing these things to make it to where these kids are able to play for a summer. And if they like it, you know, it's more reason to come back and buy better equipment and yeah. keep going with it instead of like, Hey, you have to drop $300 for you know, your, your eight year old to, to play for eight weeks. And then you're kind of on your own, like have fun with that. You know, kids don't have great attention spans, so they don't always stick with it, but it always, it always kind of warms my heart to see like players kind of giving back and being like, you know what? Like I started here too. I, you know, you guys aren't going to be alone. Like, doing this by yourself yeah exactly um 
and a, there's a there's a decent amount, maybe not a decent amount, but there's there's players in the league that started in roller hockey, aren't there? Like I know I know Pat Maroon is one. Yeah, Maroon. Um, um I don't know if Adam Ernie started. I know he plays roller. Mm-hmm. He played like him and Maroon play in the summer. Okay. Uh, I think they play on Team Mars Blade together. Gotcha. I mean, Comtois plays. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he plays in the Pro Beach. Yeah. League, right? Yeah. Well, that's, he that's can't cool. he can't play at the rinks anymore. They let him play for like a season, and then they're like, "Hey, you kind of like play for the team that employs like the rink." So. Oh. <laughs> Kind of like conflict of interest. Yeah, so he, he's relegated to coaching duties for his uh, Golden Knights <laughs> team. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, how stuff like this really goes a long way in growing the game. Um, because you know, like you were saying about other sports, it's just it's easier and cheaper to pick up any other sport. Literally, like I think the closest thing to like maybe hockey like price wise for gear would probably be if you were trying to play football right like but even teams i think when you play depending on what level of football you're playing i feel like the teams um already have that for you like the helmet and the yeah and the pad so it's not like you have to go out and buy your own football helmet or pads and stuff like that i think they have them ready for you you just got to get like cleats and um i think that's it i think when i played all i needed was cleats but um but yeah, so it's nice to see stuff like this. And, you know, like you said, even if they were, you know, pushing like roller hockey during the summer on kids, I think it'd be cool too if they put more time and money into street hockey. Mm-hmm. Because you see the ducks around Orange County, they'll open up like these rinks for street hockey. They yeah. just did it, I think, like last month, they opened up a new one in, was it Irvine? I can't remember where it was. They- they Tustin? did it like the yeah, there's Tustin or Irvine, like yeah. surrounding area. Yeah. Um, so that's always cool. And I know I remember during the all-star, the NHL all-star break in the game, uh, last season, I saw something in one of the posts that the NHL was doing some sort of NHL street initiative thing. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we see more of that and maybe that'll grow and kind of get kids into street hockey and then maybe transition them to ice, you know. Yeah, at a certain point, but at least street hockey is cheaper. You literally can just go buy a stick for like twenty bucks, and just um, run around your driveway. Yeah, you or just, your yeah, you just need sneakers. You don't need anything special. No rollerblades or skates. You just you're in your sneakers. All you really need is maybe some like shin pads and uh, and a stick, and you can get that right at Dick's. It's 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 pretty cheap, uh, cheaper than at least ice hockey stuff. But, but yeah, I would like to see that as well. But um this whole goalie thing is really cool though i was i was really excited uh reading about that well i appreciate you guys hubering me i know it was kind of a uh weird thing to add to the notes but i don't know oh, no, man i'm all Little... about growing it and we i love goalies so you're safe here <laughs> i uh i uh wholeheartedly agree with everything you all said that's so nice of you lou <laughs> Well, to transition to our end of the episode shenanigans, like always, we have our uh, Hockey 365 topic of the week. Uh, This one was interesting. It was kind of going back to the retirements we saw 
uh, two episodes ago uh, with, you know, Yandel, Chara, and Subban all retiring on the same day. But Hockey365 asks us, do we do we think that we're going to get to a point where veteran players are consistently pushed out of the league in favor of younger players? With Subban retiring at 33, among other young guys struggling to find jobs year in, year out, seems like there is a trend that is starting. Yeah, I I can definitely see that uh, down the line. It's just, you see it every year with teams trying to get younger and younger. And I mean, it's no surprise, especially with the direction the league is going and more of like a, a skill more of a, of a, like a skill game and, and stuff like that. And faster, faster game. It's just, it's not really a surprise that younger players are getting into the lineup more often. And you're seeing more like 18 year olds and 19 year olds making their debuts and sticking with teams. And I believe that, yeah, it'll, it'll continue and probably be more of a norm as we, as we move along. I also kind of think Subban's just a weird case. Um, he's had some, he's had some unfortunate problems with like his back and stuff. And I, didn't it happen from him like weightlifting? Yeah. And that was right before he went to New Jersey, I believe. It was yeah. like one of his last years as a predator. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he had, he had like issues wrong with his back and stuff. But I also kind of think like his style of play isn't so much. It's not that it's not normal anymore because the NHL has plenty of offensive defensemen like Subban. Yeah. I think he's kind of an outlier though, just because he's, he's going to have a career outside of hockey while still being in the game. Like, you know, he's going into commentating, he's going into some sort of media because the guy's online personality and his presence is like, someone's not going to let that go to waste. Yeah. As for kind of like that trend, I I kind of agree. Like, I I feel like it's going to just not so much. It's going to keep getting worse, but we're starting to kind of see new minds pop up in the NHL of, well, why are we doing things the old way still? Mm -hmm. And there's going to be a point for sure where people are just like, yeah, why the fuck are we doing this anymore? (laughs) Like, why do I still have this guy on my team? Like, yeah. Do I think it's going to make guys retire at an earlier age? No, I think someone will still have jobs for, you know, those older players that still stick around because I mean, Joe Pavelski is almost 40 and he's still playing. Yeah. Thornton played into his forties. Chara played into his forties. You have guys that are older like that, that definitely find ways to stick around. Yeah. Um, But you'll just see them kind of, jumping around probably a bit more team team. Yeah. I, I feel like the era of, Oh, this guy spent his whole career here is going to start to kind of be like, ah, well you got to be really special for that to work. Yeah. Um, fuck. I'm drawing a blank. Like I, I had something I wanted to say, but like, I don't think it's going to also, I don't think it's going to promote teams like, oh, we have to go young because Mm -hmm. a lot of teams, I mean, 
it's kind of the parody of the NHL where there's a lot of guys or a lot of teams that are kind of in those spots of like, well, we don't know if this guy's fully developed yet, or this guy has, you know, this guy is ready to make the jump. So I don't feel like it's going to be a broad, like every team does it, Mm -hmm. but the teams that want to get better quicker are going to be like, okay, yeah, we have to shed the dead weight and yeah. Let those young guys play. Yeah. And you're going to see a lot of these older players getting shoved shoved off to like teams that are tanking <laughs> yeah kind of like the coyotes have been you know they just got um zach cassian for christ's sake so or if they're a guy that's still kicking and still playing really well they're gonna get shipped off to a contender yeah and then at that point it's whether or not the contender wants to keep them or not yeah um yeah we're the john moores of the world I think those kind of guys that get buried for cap hits and stuff, you're always going to have guys like that because unfortunate injuries happen. I mean, hell, we we had Kessler's contract on the book for how long? And we had the whole Dadunov situation last, you know, over the summer. Yeah. Like stuff like that's always going to be relevant and present. I just feel like we're definitely going to see those guys you're going to have those GMs that just kind of step in like, fuck, we need to get better. And having this guy that does not do hockey well is yeah. that's not helping us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any thoughts, Connor Lou? I apologize. I have been <laughs> a little distracted. I've, I've had to reply to some text messages that um, concern a different matter. So I apologize. No, you're good. Say. Yeah, I think I think I think I think it'll be a big trend. Lou agrees. Yep. <laughs> we you know love when Lou is in agreement, so we don't have to argue with him. <laughs> <laughs> he is here just so he doesn't get fined. We yeah. have established that already. <laughs> and I'm also on like three hours of sleep, so Jesus. Fun times in Duckland. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, to get into our questions this week, uh, yeah, he said it. He said it. <laughs> um, this one was more geared towards me. Uh, but Scott asked me, uh, what is the worst beer league team I've played against? Can be skill, do we put skill level and attitude? Um, I told you guys ahead of time, I'm not gonna name any teams by name because i would rather not start anything with anybody because i like being safe and not getting hit in the head with pucks um definitely don't want to be the goalie that talks shit about people because people fire pucks at you and yep those hurt (laughs) um but if i had to say in broader terms i hate those teams that feel like they they have contracts waiting for them in the locker room because at the end of the day we all paid the five hundred dollars to play adult league um no one's getting fucking scouted um there are no scouts ever at your games i mean i've never seen one personally that's crazy i'd like to believe they are but you know (laughs) I hate those teams that it's kind of a mixture of things. That team that tries super, super hard 
like I don't mind being competitive and playing against teams like that because I feel it makes me better as a goalie. Mm-hmm. But it really fucking irritates me when like we're losing already or it's a tight game and these guys are acting like it's game seven. Like I got to go to work tomorrow. I would really appreciate not getting slashed in the hands or hitting the mask or, you know, bowled over. Like clearly we're all not in peak NHL condition here. So we don't need to be trying to run a, you know, an official five on four power play with, you know, the one guy who can't hit the net you know, wiring a slap shot at my head. Yeah. Um, I also can't stand those guys that feel the need to be like one trick ponies. And like you, you have those guys that think, Oh, I'm going to sit right here. And I'm going to sit in front of the goalie and I'm going to get tip-ins all day because I simply just push those guys out of the way. Mm -hmm. And I do it in such a way where like when I first was playing rookie, I thought, Oh, I'll just hit him with the blocker. Like I'll just punch him out of the crease. And most of the time that would knock them over, which is fun. (laughs) Like, don't get me wrong. I, I do like hitting the occasional person and knocking them over, but it's gotten to a point where the higher in like the divisions I've gone, you get the bigger guys that try and screen. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally just kind of lightly push them out of the way and they'll turn around and like, look at me. <laughs> it's just like, what you're screening me. Like I'm trying to get you out of the way. Yeah. But I hate those guys that are like, okay, you know, I'm on this team and I have a role. Like we're playing fucking adult <laughs> league. Yeah. Like we're going to all go in the locker room after this. We're all going to go have a beer. We're going to drive home and come back a week from now and play again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the guy, it's the guy watching Corey Perry highlights in the, in the locker yeah, room. Yeah. Like, you know, getting pumped. I'm all for getting pumped and ready for games and watching highlights and whatnot. But mm-hmm. again, you know, I, I highly doubt that your girlfriend that's freezing her ass off of the top of the bleachers alone is going to, you know, come down the bleachers after the game and be like, you know, you really missed that backdoor opportunity there. I don't know if we can continue dating after this. Like, yeah. Would you follow up question to that? Um, who do you think is a like the worst type of person? A beer league player that takes it too seriously, or like those really overly aggressive hockey parents? Yes. Overly <laughs> aggressive hockey parents. I feel. I feel just on reputation alone the hockey parents just because they actually kind of have something riding on their kids being good or not especially at the (laughs) club level like when you're paying thousands of dollars for your kid to play club you know that's just for dues like you don't factor into the fact that like your coaches want to take your teams to tournaments Mm -hmm. go out of state you know and god forbid you're actually good and you have to go play states or nationals or whatever like Mm -hmm. i feel the hockey parents are worse because there's more money invested into it and those people also vicariously live through their kids so it's like if johnny doesn't get a hat trick every game you know dad's gonna throw a shoe at him in the parking lot (laughs) um I feel like you really can't compare the two because at the end of the day, the 
Uh, I mean, they are kind of similar because both of them have no shame. <laughs> but I mean, they're also on kind of like opposite ends of the spectrum where it's like dad's acting fucking crazy because he's like $6,000 in the hole two weeks into the <laughs> yeah. season. And the other guy just so happens to you know be on his fifth stick of the month because he's slamming it on the crossbars and stuff. But. Yeah. It just reminds me of that video of that that one dad that gets really pissed off and like <laughs> sla- like slams his fist on the glass and it shatters. It's just that lady, way to go, Paul. <laughs> you know everyone at that rink hates Paul. <laughs> Every rink has a Paul. Yeah. Every rink does. Ours ours at Yorba was uh I, I won't name him either, but he was an interesting fellow. Um his whole personality uh was he was the team manager. Mm-hmm. And he uh so he was in charge of making sure jerseys got there on time, that the parents were kind of in the loop about practice, what have you. And his whole personality when their team came back from Texas was that he went to Texas. Uh, so, you know, this man that usually was wearing like nice slacks during the week because he was taking his kid after work and, you know, shorts and flip-flops on the weekend was now wearing boots and jeans and a giant cowboy hat. Oh God. I'm Doug Dimodome. <laughs> Pretty much every, every week. The hat gets bigger, <laughs> but like, you know, his whole personality became, yeah, we went to Texas and my daughter did really good at, at the hockey and we're just like, yeah, that's cool, man. But he was just always such an ass and all the parents were just like, yeah, you know, he's kind of a dick. I'm like, yeah, I get to, I get to charge him money. He's a dick to me. I know. Yeah. But I, uh, I have a, I have a write in vote for worst beer league person. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, people who are, not good that feel the need to tear others down Uh because they're insecure about Mm -hmm. their lack of or their inability to be good at hockey and um you know who you are and a few people listening know who i'm talking about so there we go (laughs) well moving on (laughs) take a drink Uh, of water boy so this is up your alley. Of, take a sip of that water, son. <laughs> this is right up your alley, Connor. Oh god. Our pal Tyler asks oh, yeah. us, uh, who had the better album this year? The Ghost or Iron Maiden? I mean, I did love the Ghost album, but I mean come on. Come on. <laughs> it was Senjutsu. Come on. It was Iron Maiden. I have to agree. Even though this was the first Iron Maiden album I Jake actually listened to in a while, ghost shirt and with the but, ghost background but takes a stand. I will say, I will say one thing in terms Fucking of, <laughs> in terms of, did the album bring the band more success? Ghost definitely knocked it out of the park a little more because they're riding oh, the yeah, high. They're riding the high of uh, TikTok finding mary on a cross and like now all of a sudden this album's just blowing up and everybody's in love with it which makes me happy because more people listening to ghost the better mm-hmm. um yeah like it is it is kind of a different situation like iron maiden doesn't need like a boost in like success you know what i mean like they've already yeah. done it all they're you know? they're iron maiden yeah it's kind of like they, 
name speaks for themselves you know like i just i like i have found myself listening to senjutsu a lot more than i found myself listening to impera so i feel that doesn't that doesn't mean that impera is not a good album i do think it's a good album there's a lot of songs on there that i enjoy but i'm giving it to senjutsu ghost definitely has a shelf life and I say this as a person that lives and breathes their music and listens to the same songs over and over again. But Ghost has a very, not so much short shelf life, but they have they have like a predetermined like date to where like you start noticing it's kind of like, okay, I loved that album, but I'm going to listen to other things now. Mm-hmm. Um Ghost definitely is one of those bands that I can go back and listen to whenever. And again, that comes as someone that just loves their music in general. But I feel like you get to a certain point where it's like, okay, I've listened to these same 11 songs for a couple weeks in a row. I, I need to like, I need to listen to something else. Um, where I feel like that, that comes from a place of like, there is so much hype around it when it first comes out but like you said connor like does iron maiden really need to prove anything to their fans fuck no like they're <laughs> fucking they're fucking iron maiden okay let's see let's we'll uh we'll do jenny's next just okay. because uh we haven't had Jennifer. we haven't made lou think yet <laughs> <laughs> we do have one in the uh, get those gears turning loose chat as well. Okay, but Gentifer asks us uh, what our least favorite hockey sweater is, and it can be any league, any level. And she mentions the San Jose Barracudas, which I agree with because their jerseys were terrible. Yes. Hmm. If we're going current, I'm gonna say probably. Kind of agree with what you said earlier, Connor. I don't really like Tampa's just because they're really bland and they're just. It's not all... that it's like, it's not that Tampa's jerseys are horrible or bad. They're just so lazy and uninspiring and so boring. That's they're blue. the Maple Leafs. They're the South uh, Leafs. Like it's just it's just boring. Like it's not it's not ugly, mm-hmm. but it get. I knock it down a bunch of points just because it's so lazy and it's so not, not creative. I know a lot of the hockey world will say the ducks. <laughs> um, That's a cop-out answer for us. Cause it is, we've talked is. a lot about how we hate our um, uniforms. <laughs> honestly, I would love the home and aways a lot more if the striping was just a little bit different, but um, I kind of agree with the Barracuda. I've honestly been thinking about this question since before we started and I can't, like, I can't think of anyone else other than the Barracuda. Like, I just, not even just their jersey. That logo is horrible. They are the ugliest-looking team in the AHL by far. Like, there's this, it's disgusting. The um, orange jersey that they had is oh pretty, pretty gnarly. With the SJ on the front? Yes. God, that's, oh, just All horrible. All sorts of bad. All sorts yeah. of bad. Um, what do you think, Lou? What was the question? Yeah. Ugliest or least favorite jersey in, in any NFL. league could be, ug- in the NHL right could be ugliest. Fuck, that's a hard one. A lot of fucking shitty looking teams out there. 
<laughs> um, probably have to give it to Nashville. Nashville. I I can agree with the yellow it's, one for sure. Yeah. This urine urine yellow is just not a good look. Does it bother anyone else when teams call a certain color gold when it's clearly yellow? I think. Yes. It I think grinds my gears. That's just, I think that's just kind of a kind of a sports thing. Yeah. I point like, to I point to I point to USC as an example. That is not gold. That is yeah, that's, that's yellow. yellow. Yeah, that is dude. Yellow. Like the Preds, they call those jerseys the gold jerseys, They're and it's like gold. no, the Knights gold. That's gold. You guys are yellow. Both are equally bad, but your, yeah. yours They're, is a different color. <laughs> it's like the Sabers too. They call themselves you know the blue and gold, or like football teams like the Steelers, black and gold. Well, no, Steelers say black and yellow. Um. Is Khalifa Rachel yeah, SMH? <laughs> I always I always hate when teams call refer to their yellow that's clearly yellow <laughs> gold. Just anyway. Um speaking of, of jerseys or sweaters, um my hey, you said uh, it right. My ECHL uh bays, they're usually in my mentions uh throughout the season. The Savannah Ghost Pirates are uh, revealing their jerseys on Friday, so I'm excited for that. Hopefully, it's very ghost pirate like. Hope so. Have you seen their mascot? I have not. Does um, he have an ass tattoo? <laughs> not sure. Well, he is, a, he is a cool looking mascot, though. Might knock him down the ranking. Yeah, he needs he needs something, some <laughs> kind of tramp stamp. <laughs> Give more mascots tramp stamps. That's all we ask. <laughs> Looking at you, Wild Wing. Just get like a beak. <laughs> Just get his initials. Yeah. Well, next question we have from Spinko in the Discord. He asks, why wasn't Callie Klang in rookie camp or training camp slash the preseason? I thought with him signing an entry-level contract, he would be with the Ducks. Well, entry-level no contracts don't all just because you sign an entry-level contract doesn't mean that you're automatically going to be with the Ducks. I mean, I mean, you know, we see it all the time with guys signing entry-level contracts and going right back to juniors. You know, we just saw that with Tyson Hines. I think that's exactly what just happened. He signed his entry-level deal and then he was sent down literally the next day. Um, for Klang to not even be at camp, I mean, he's a 19-year-old goalie. You know, mm-hmm. playing over in Europe. You know, it it was, you know not really shocking at all to me in my personal opinion um you know goaltenders just take a little bit longer to marinate a a little bit longer to develop um Mm -hmm. there was really no need to have him over here i don't think um you know with gibson and dostal and stolars and gage alexander already here who were all already older i mean alexander is still in junior um you know it's not like dostal's you know gonna start the year with the ducks at all so um yeah yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, there's just, it's just down to there was just no need to have him here. Um, you yeah. know, he's still really young, you know, and again, goalies take time. There's so, plenty of time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, 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 we're still a ways out from seeing Cali playing in North America. So don't, don't, mm-hmm. it just means him signing that entry level deal just means we can bring him over whenever we want. And once we do, his contract kicks in. Yep. So that's really all that means. He's not, yeah. It's not like him being in it, it, 
it's not like he signed his entry-level contract he goes over to europe and then he burns a year this year because he signed it no that's not how it works Mm -hmm. He, he still needs to play in north america for it to activate so it's just hey we are locking this guy down he's going to be a part of this team here in a couple years and we just want to make sure that he stays so the clang the clang gang train will be on its track soon enough don't you worry i also kind of feel like his commitment to his team out there like the contract he has with them also mm-hmm. probably has something to do with it yeah because i mean it's i mean Galimov's a different case because he hasn't signed an entry level yet but like I kind of feel like those guys that are committed to teams long term have other commitments and it's just a matter of when we feel it's right to bring them over on top of making sure that like they're not in breach of contract or anything yeah mm-hmm. yep yep it's standard. no go ahead standard standard procedure I forgot where Klang played, but um, I just looked him up. I forgot he was in the Swedish league. He plays for uh, plays for the team you like, Connor. Is that why you is that why you're following them, or no? What your uh, your Swedish league team? What, oh, how do you say Rog- it? Like Ro- yeah. Ro- Rogel? Rogla. 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 Yeah. Yes, Sally Klang is playing for Rogla, who yeah. are my uh, adopted and Swedish team. Didn't Dostal <laughs> have the same issue too, where he technically was on an entry level and he still mm-hmm. was playing Swedish? In the Swedish leagues, uh, yes, but Dosta was playing in Finland actually. Was it Finland? At- yeah, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's standard to see with goalies, especially with European goalies. You know, always takes a little, always takes a little while for them to kind of come over to North America, especially when they're as young as a guy like Callie Klang is. So, but I mean, have no fear, it doesn't really mean anything, it just means that they see him as part of the team or in some fashion going forward, which is a good sign. Um, and yeah, I would imagine we probably see him next year at, at, at next year's camp, at least. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, I, but, I think that yeah. also nothing to worry about. It's also going to kind of bank on what they want to do with Erickson Eck, too, because right. he, he kind of seems like he's going to be a career AHLer. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see him and Gage Alexander, too. Just he big. Sorry, yeah, he's tall. Two, really not super, like not horrible, but then also not like really inspiring training camps in a row from him. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I, I'd imagine he's probably going down the Erickson Eck route. Probably just a guy in San Diego, um, if anything at all. Yeah, and again, I don't think we, I don't think Cali Klang, as much as people want to say that the second round pick and that Raquel return as much as people want to maybe think or, or suggest second round pick was the biggest target. I will make an argument that Callie Klang was actually the biggest asset, at least maybe in Pat for Beek's mind, maybe not on paper, but maybe in Pat yeah. for Beek's mind, Callie well, Klang was the biggest, was the biggest al- asset. Because people he also, the, yeah, he like also was with, like three on like Pittsburgh's list of like top prospects, which was he two? He was number two. Yeah. A lot of people okay. don't realize he was, he was the penguins number two ranked prospect. I think, uh, what's his name? Uh, Samuel Pallon or. I for, yeah. I forget what his name is, but yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, at least to my understanding from what I can remember, Callie Klang was the penguins two. number two prospect. So it's not like he was just this throw in, you know, for yeah. clearly yeah. wanted him. So it, and it really turned out to be that Aston Reese and Dominic Simone were actually the throw <laughs> throw-ins. in that trade. The <laughs> in that trade so. 
I mean, it pains us to not see him here, but it just means down the line, like if we lose a guy like Stolarz, uh, things go awry and Gibson leaves us, you know, it's just another spot for him to climb. But we also what, have our, our Russian boy that we drafted. This we got week. booty waiting in the wings. Bootyets. Bootyets. Art ASHL player. I just like I just like saying his name. Yep. <laughs> just the, the small little yep. <laughs> yep. Well, next up from Cat Vader on Twitter, he asks, why does Pat Verbeek insist on not having a merit-based promotion system? said, it's obvious that Z is a more talented and skilled, hence better option that we've had, and he's proved it, but he's kind of a rare case if he didn't get sent back anywhere, he didn't get stuck, you know, playing in San Diego a full year after struggling a little bit. He's kind of been the outlier of, he started with San Diego. He made the team, and he's been there since. What was the what was so what the, was the, the, first the question? The question's kind of surrounded on why doesn't Verbeek insist on having guys earn, kind of earn their keep? How come you know you have guys that come in for training camp, you know, play the games, do the rookie camp and whatnot, but it seems like you have outliers like Zegris who. Can't, you know, he's obviously a flashier, better player than a lot of these guys, but he's not seeing those like, oh, hey, if you're struggling, you're going to get sent down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think there's just always going to be certain guys on a roster that have positions locked. And I really think it's really nothing more than that. I mean, Trevor Zegers is the Ducks' best offensive player. I mean, you know, and that's really, and that's really what it's down to. I mean, you know, there's just, there's just always certain guys that are going to have, locks on an nhl roster spot and i really don't think it's anything more than that there are different tiers for sure yeah well because you have those guys that there's pedigree behind them like we we talked about it earlier like are you gonna send mctavish down to season as a center in san diego no probably not well we can't well we we can't can't do that because he's not eligible for san diego so Yeah, but like, you know, it's a different scenario where it's like you're not going to look at that with the guy you drafted third overall, whereas, you know, a guy that may have been like a Gaucher, a guy that may not have gone very high and might need a little seasoning, you know, that guy's really going to have to impress to, to make that next step, whereas it's easier to be like, hey, you know, we like the work you put in, but you still got to earn your keep a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So where was our other question? I know you guys said. Um, yeah, it's in the Discord. Or not Discord. It's in the Twitch chat. Uh, Eat my Aston Reese asked. That's an elite name, by the way. <laughs> any, <laughs> any thoughts on Jamie's play so far? And I, I'm going to have a hard time answering that because I haven't been able to watch a ton of games outside the game I went to and Drysdale wasn't even in the lineup. <laughs> um, you had good fancy pants stats tonight. He's got he's got good fancy stats. That's always good. Mm-hmm. I know he had an assist tonight. I'm not sure. I just haven't I haven't been able to see him play in the pre, uh, in the preseason so far. So we haven't Jamie been able to see our child. <laughs> what was that, Lou? 
It's a Jamie Drysdale breakout season. Breakout season, boys. It definitely seems like having him next to Kula Cup's going to be the play as long yeah. as Kula yeah. Cup's here. Which... I will say that I've heard good things about him with Kula Cup so far. So that's that's good. That's good news. He's going to be free to roam the ice, hopped up on uh, Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew and Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. I'll be yelling from the bench saying, someone get Jamie another Diet Coke. <laughs> He's crashing. <laughs> we got anything else in the Twitch chat? Does not look like the case. I think that's all of it. Cool. Well, this was another uh, successful episode. None of us died or dropped. I mean, yeah, Chris, thankfully, I didn't, Chris, say the, I didn't say the magic words. That's why I stayed away from that. Yeah, I was going to say, Chris did not summon the <laughs> uh, summon the all-powerful being and get dropped like last week. Uh, uh, that was still just, crazy timing. I can't get over that. It was really funny, too. Yeah. Holy crap, Lois. He said it and just disappeared. <laughs> um. Savannah says, hey, now. Hey, now. <laughs> um, hey, now. Hey, now. Hey, now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> feel old. That was uh, Lizzie McGuire. Chris, you're dating yourself. <laughs> Lizzie McGuire movie song. Never mind. Um, anyway. Um, the fuck yeah, you I'm just say? Shut up, Lou. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we could... <laughs> This is so aggressive. So we only, <laughs> holy shit. So, you know, we only have one more preseason game left, and that's Saturday against the Kings. So that's exciting. Holy crap, so, Lois, they play hey, the, Kings the next three episode times. is going to be our opening night preview. Yeah. Um, yeah, right? Yeah, because it'll drop next the Tuesday, day of opening night. Yeah. So. Next Tuesday, we'll be recording, and that'll be the first night of uh, regular season hockey, at least. Oh, is it? Cool. Yeah. Uh, ESPN has a doubleheader that night, and then I think TNT has a doubleheader on Wednesday. Ducks play Wednesday, so yeah. Next next week's episode will drop the morning of the first Ducks game of the season. So Sweet. Cool. we will probably be recording next week. I'll probably have a game on in here because I'm sure the Kings Knights game on ESPN will still be going when we are recording. Okay. So. Sweet. We'll be, cool. we'll be re- recording live from the field, <laughs> live from the think, trenches. Uh, live from the trenches. I think. Uh, Lou, I think you are. Jake, are you going to opening night or no? Uh, I am not. Not I a little, little I'm going. And I'm sure, I'm sure we'll mention it uh, next week on next week's episode. But Lewis and I will both be at opening night. Uh, not together. Content. I'm unfortunately not taking Lou on a date. Um, I'm going with family. But that's so um, smart. Damn it. Yeah, sorry. But yeah, if you guys want to <laughs> come say hi, intermission. I'm sure we'll. Yeah be hanging out in the typical spot outside the team store so go say hi to the, buy the team store. store buy me a beer if you want to that'd be cool i wouldn't i would i would not say no <laughs> <laughs> we'll have uh we'll have connor and, and lou on the scene for opening night get some lap content on the scene it's beautiful by lap content i mean me doing a beer chug on the <laughs> And Lou on the, on the dance, drunk on the dance Lou. camera. What's what was the oh, I'm getting, I'm getting the, freaking what was the thing they did last year that just ended up turning into people chugging beer? Was it the smile cam or the dance cam or the air guitar thing? Or what was it? 
it was remember. one of those. There's yeah. I think it some... might have been a dance cam or something. That was great. And you know, the the fucking boomers that were complaining about that, shut the fuck up. Like you're <laughs> no, you're fucking lame. That was awesome. Lap says no to all boomers that are trying to <laughs> no destroy the fun. No boomers. No boomer zone. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you um, say it like Squidward? <laughs> um, um <laughs> what the hell was I gonna say? Oh, Lou. Uh, Lou will be uh, bringing LAP content. He'll go live from the bathroom, drunk. Oh, He's going into another closet. They don't post game. They, they don't. They don't have closets <laughs> in the bathrooms. I've checked. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have. To, we have to. We have to go back to Lazy Dog one of these times, just to just to reminisce about the closet. You can't even go in there now without thinking about that that scene so scene lewis changed that restaurant for me forever God. i was fucking chomping on a toothpick thinking it was a french fry yeah that was a night man ducks lost uh, i was tipsy lou was gone so. well we'll let you guys go we'll get out of here for this yep. week I'm pretty sure we uh covered more than enough very much so. We'll see you next week. Hockey right, back. Be fun. We have, we'll have hockey that actually matters next week. Yes, I'm so excited. Exciting times in Duckland. <laughs> you heard it here. Uh, for Calder. I just want to say that. I agree, Savannah. Pavel Regenda for Calder. Good night. Thanks.